0: Discover College Soccer is proud to have VO as a partner and on February 22nd, VO is launching a game changer in sports tech and you are invited to the exclusive online reveal that will happen at 2 p.m. Eastern on February 22nd. Get ready for a major leap in sports recording and live streaming. We can't wait to see you there. I can't wait to hear what they have in store for us. Just click the link here in the show notes and we'll see you there. Hi everybody! Welcome to Discover College Soccer. Today, I'm lucky enough to be joined by Coach Richard from Immaculata uh, Men's Program in Philadelphia. Welcome, Coach. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for being here. I, uh, I, you know, I played at Catholic U just down the road. Never, never played Immaculata though in my four years. But uh, I, I saw your your schedule. Saw a lot of a lot of school names I was familiar with
1: yeah everybody kind of knows the same schools in this area right so yep for sure
0: for sure well we're talking here end of january it's the you know kind of the the height of uh, showcase season um let's talk about recruiting you know where what is kind of your timeline as a division three men's program are, are you is the class of 24 done and dusted are you still working on a few kind of what's your normal timeline and and when you lock down things
1: yeah, um, I mean, typically most years I would say we try to be done around the end of January. Um, obviously this year may be a little different with the, the changes with FAFSA. Um, so that's certainly delayed the process for a few of our potential recruits. Um, I think, you know, the next month kind of typifies our um, approach to recruitment. So we have one of the local events this weekend with Mainline Friendlies. Um, we try to get out to as many of the ECNL and ECNLR around national events as we can. Um, so one of my assistant coaches will be down in Florida the following weekend. Um, you know, we are lucky enough that we have some nationally ranked clubs on our doorstep as well, Fusion FC Delco. So we'll be at the, the fusion event as well in a few weeks. And then of course, BDP is, is typically right on our doorstep as well, just over the bridge in New Jersey. Um. So the next month is really busy for us, really picking up our 25s. Um, but rounding out that 24 class at the same time with those events, I'd say, as well.
0: Okay. Well, if your assistant coach needs any help uh, down here at, at Lakewood Ranch, just just let me know. It's about three miles from my house, and I don't know if I, I might even be reffing a few of those games. I'm sure I'd appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, What about camps? Do you guys do any ID camps there at the school or do you or your staff work other ID camps? How important are they in the general structure of things?
1: Yeah, um, so we do work some other ID camps. Um, We have the uh, Philly soccer camps coming up, um, I think, on the weekend of the 11th as well. Um, So I'll be there. For us on campus, our our ID camps might be a little different. So we offer one in the summer. Um, So obviously this summer that will be more for the 25s that we've had on campus. We're kind of through 25 to 50% of the process at that point with those guys. Um, And we wanna see, you A, how they interact with each other. What's that kind of dynamic like? Um, How do they respond to our coaching staff at a typical training session with us? Um, Obviously they get to see our campus and our facilities again. Um, and then we typically try and offer one, you know, after the full season at some point in the winter, um, as a way of maybe getting some new guys on the hook around that showcase time as well. Um, so we'll offer one or two a year, just kind of depending where we are. Okay.
0: Well, whether it's at a showcase or an ID camp or anything else like that, what, what kind of makes up the hierarchy of things that you're looking for in a player, whether that's on the field stuff or off the field?
1: Yeah. So firstly, um, how do we think players will potentially fit into our game model? Um, so obviously we're not expecting anyone to be anything close to the finished article when we watch some of these showcases, um, but we're looking for technical aspects within certain positions. Um, you know, our centre-back's comfortable on the ball, our fullbacks able to play in different areas, um, whether that be tucking in centrally, overlapping, um, just different aspects of what we think people could bring within our game model. Um Obviously, we have to tweak that depending on how our roster looks, but we don't want to start from scratch with with new recruits. So one is what can they offer to us and our style of play? Um, the other big thing with us being a smaller school is we really want to get to know our recruits, um, and understand what they would bring to the program and the the school kind of off the field. Um, so are they going to help continue to engage um, within the campus community and the local community? Are they going to push our culture and our standards and our values? Um, so we do spend a lot of time once we've seen recruits at events, um, getting to know them and, and really kind of seeing how they would fit in here as well.
0: Okay. Well, <clears throat> in terms of just inbound traffic and, and people reaching out to you. I mean, can you give me a sense of maybe how, how many inbound emails or, or different players might reach out to you in a recruiting class? And then how many might actually show up on campus versus come to a camp versus... You know, just what does that funnel kind of look like in terms of of numbers for a typical year? And, and you know, obviously, I'm not asking for exact numbers, but just an idea so people understand, hey, coaches are sifting at the start with this many kids and then it goes to this many kids and then it goes to this many kids.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. Um, so I think there's it's more and more common now for kids to reach out to us directly, um, you know, whether that's just interest in the school, whether that's that they've got a tournament or a couple of tournaments coming up. Um, so if you look at, you know, from that late November timeline really through until probably Memorial Day um, for the bigger events, we're probably anywhere between 20 and 40 emails. Um, so BDP Spring Cup, for example, I'll be yeah, I would say around 30, 35 kids will reach out for that event. Um, we'll obviously also as a staff handpick the games at events we want to watch. Um, and then we'll follow up with recruits who maybe don't know about us or, or, you know, we haven't had communication with previously. Um, so I would say right now for, you know, twenty fives is our kind of main focus. Um, by the end of the spring, we'll probably be at a hundred to 125 potential recruits. And then that obviously narrows down. Um, so we cast a wide net right now and, you know, narrow that down to get the, the 10, 12 kids we want in a typical class.
0: Okay. Well. You said about 10 kids in class. So is there a roster size you guys find is ideal that you're trying to hit each year as as a total, not per class, obviously?
1: Yeah, I mean, we've been a bigger roster um, for the last couple of years. I think that's probably been more common post-COVID at the D3 level. Um, I would say, personally, I want to be around 28 to 32. Um, The season is so short and so intense that we want to make sure we're covered. We don't want, you know, too many people who aren't going to be involved um, in games. So typically we would want to be around that 32 number, I would say. Um, again, we've been a little bit more than that over the uh, the past couple of years. So that brings some challenges. Um, but at the same time, it's great because we know we're covered depth chart and everything. Um, it has been really strong from that point of view. Um, but yeah, 32 is the number we're looking at. All right.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit more about the school. I'm sure folks out there maybe aren't familiar with with Immaculata if you haven't been in that uh, mid-Atlantic region, uh, especially with all the the different Catholic schools over there. Um, You know, you've been there a few years now. Kind of what are some of the things you find uh, just awesome about the school? Maybe some things we wouldn't know even by going through the website.
1: Yeah, good question. Um, The first is there's always something going on on campus here. So since I've been involved in the program since 2018, um, the campus development has been incredible. Um, We've had a new turf and a new track put in, um, a new esports arena, which is absolutely incredible for any of the gamers who who kind of are looking at um, IU as well. Um, And then from a general perspective, um, they've refurbished academic buildings, they've put in new student apartments, a student center, a new science pavilion um, was put in last summer, I believe. Um, and the equipment in there is obviously brand new state of the art. Um, I think we're one of a handful of schools in the country that have an anatomage table. Um, so there's some you know unique aspects in terms of the campus development. Um, and then one of the other cool things about us is we're one of the few colleges to have a movie about us. Um, so our women's basketball team won the national title in 72, 73 and 74 um and so there is a movie we'll promo it a little bit right now um but the mighty max movie um is a kind of feel-good story about that team um so that's a, a kind of unique feature for us as well
0: all right well yeah not not many folks can uh say they've got a movie but uh it, obviously it's it's if you're going to college and playing soccer you are a student athlete right so how do your players specifically kind of manage the demands of the student side as well as the athlete side and and what kind of support systems does a school offer to make sure the players are successful in the classroom as well as on the soccer field?
1: Yeah. So I think actually being a student athlete helps um, particularly at a smaller school, because time management is obviously essential and your day is pretty much mapped out for you. Um, So in the season, for example, um, the guys are going to be taking classes through the morning um our training blocks start from three o'clock um, so we want our guys to finish their classes uh before then um, and then through training and then you know they'll work with academic advising um, we are lucky here that our field hockey coach works within our academic advising department um, so particularly for fall athletes you know she understands the, the need to balance it um and she'll work with, with all of the athletes. Um, so they've been a, a big resource for us. Um, and I think, you know, it goes back to that time management piece. Um, if the guys understand they've got to get classes done in the morning or early afternoon, there's going to be days there probably, you know, writing assignments or, uh, reading research papers on the bus, depending on our, our travel times. Um, and there is that accountability here for our athletes. Um, so we have weekly communication with the various academic departments. Um, they provide feedback on our our athletes who are doing well athletes who maybe need a bit more support. Um, so that's a, a kind of big factor here as well for our guys.
0: Okay. well, let's rewind a little bit. Let's pretend it's October. We're in the heart of that conference season. Can you walk me through what a typical week is going to look like for a player in terms of, you know, are classes, meals, practices, game cadence, all that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah. So I suppose it's more and more common that coaches work within a periodization model. Um, you know, we're no different. So the day of the week may kind of vary for us a bit, um, but typically the guys um, would start classes around eight o'clock or nine o'clock. Um, so they would have breakfast before that in the dining hall, head over to their first class. Um, usually our athletes will have kind of back to back back to back classes through the morning um, and then again, lunch on campus. Depending on the time we're training, um, we'll do video analysis earlier in the week from our games the week before. So ideally, we'll do that before the first training session of the week. Um There's, you know, scout report meetings here. And as you know, at D3, the games come thick and fast. So there's a a ton of opposition analysis um, that we have to do as well. Um, And we are lucky this year that we've managed to schedule kind of 99% of our games for this coming fall on Wednesdays and Saturdays. So once the guys have had that first week or two, there will be a consistency to their schedule. Um, And I think that's going to be essential for them as well. Yeah, no, Absolutely.
0: Um, Well, let's talk a little bit more about the team. Uh, We talked about roster size, but uh, the other part of the roster is the staff. Uh, So can you tell me a little bit about your staff? What role does everybody play? And are there additional kind of support staff in the athletic department that help out with the team and what that looks like?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So as well as myself, um, I do have numerous part-time assistant coaches or volunteer assistant coaches. Um, and this is where Immaculata is a smaller school and a fantastic community. Two of my coaches actually played here. Um, so my goalkeeping coach played here years ago and one of my assistant coaches as well. Um, and then I have, so I have a goalkeeper coach and three assistants. Um, the way we try and work it, a typical training session, um, we're going to try and hit some technical work with our guys. So one of us will, will focus on that two or three days a week, um, and then I, I have one of my coaches focus more on the defensive side of the game, one focus more on the attacking side of the game. Um, we do split our roster into functional groups, um, you know, with us being a bigger roster size. I think that's key to get the technical and tactical work with those specific units. Um, so we will have days of the week where, you know, one of our coaches is working with 15 of the attacking players, whether that be midfielders, wingers and forwards, and another with the centre-backs, full-backs, and, and holding centre-mids. Um so we try and kind of rotate how our coaches work um, just so we don't get stale um, and the boys aren't hearing the same voices, but that's typically the areas that we look to hear in, in most of our sessions.
0: Okay. Well, we are uh, starting to get to that uh, spring season kind of timeframe. Uh, I'm sure your, your students are back in for the spring semester. So what can they expect from a – off season or spring season uh, schedule? What, you know, what kind of training are they doing? Any kind of games? What does what the, the off season look like?
1: Yeah. So this year we actually gave our guys a bit more rest um, at the end of the fall season. Than we typically have done before. Um, so we try and break our winter programs into two phases. Um, so this past winter they started phase one um, during winter break. So, you know, it's kind of more bodyweight exercises that they can do within their house. Um, and then we gave the guys one day back on campus to reacclimate, um, and we actually started phase two of our lift program um, that first week back. So they're working um, with a strength and conditioning coach right now, four days a week. Um, could be in the morning before cla- uh, class begins, could be in the evening after classes, um, but we're really kind of ramping up that strength program now um that will kind of tailor off just before we begin our our spring season so we'll maybe give the guys uh, a week or two's rest um yeah and then we'll begin our our spring training i would imagine the the kind of final week of february or first week of march we're just actually kind of finalizing the days and times of that now okay
0: well now i gotta train the guns on you for a second. How would you describe kind of your style of coaching and what what kind of style of play you're looking to implement and maybe what kind of culture of the team you're looking to implement?
1: Yeah, great question. Um, So in terms of style of play, it doesn't really matter where I've coached, what level. uh, My two objectives are we want to control how the game is played and where the game is played in order to do that, I have three non-negotiables. Um, so my teams are always going to be possession based. Um, we are going to build from the back. We are going to try and play through the phases. Um, we're going to be as attack minded as possible. Um, so we want to get numbers in and around the box. We talk about a number we want to hit in terms of box occupation. Um, and then we want to be as proactive defensively as we can be. Um, So a lot of our spring season actually is going to be looking at our press shape and our press structure and how we can counter press quickly um, and maybe with a bit more effectiveness and aggression. Um, But they're my, you know, my three non-negotiables. We definitely have a, you know, a style of play. So in that sense, it goes back to recruitment when we are recruiting and I said we want people who are going to kind of come into that game model. Um, It's not just about what they bring on the field there is a risk element to how we play. Um, So I am looking for recruits to show a a bravery and a commitment to that. Um, And it it means kind of sometimes ignoring outside voices with, you know, when we are taking risks and playing out from the back and you hear the groans and the noises from the crowd, can we be brave enough to ignore that and believe in what we're doing? Um, From a culture piece, I know core values is probably a buzzword right now, Um, but we do spend a lot of our time relating back to our values as a program. so we want guys who understand that, um, who understand why our values are important to us um, and who are going to leave their jersey in a better place than when they picked it up. So that's, you know, both on the field and off the field. Um, so that's something we work with our guys a lot as well.
0: Okay. Well, Coach, I appreciate uh, all the, the time and info you've given us. I got one last question for you, and that is if you had one piece of advice or or one nugget of information that you would hope that, that all prospects, parents, players going through this process would know, what would that be?
1: Yeah, I I think recruitment is such an individualized kind of personalized process. Um, It's for people to understand that and own their process. Don't be swayed by friends who are maybe looking at, you know, other schools and and trying to persuade people to follow them there. It's make the decisions that they're comfortable with um, that are right for them. Um, and just trust themselves to know, you know, what they want, where they want to be. Obviously, work with their family, but ultimately, it's down to the the person and the player to to be confident enough to make decisions for the, you know, the best college experience for them.
0: Couldn't agree more. Well, Coach, wish you the best of luck with all the tournaments coming up. And uh, like I said, open invitation if your assistant needs any help when he comes down to Florida. Have him give me
1: a give me a shout. And uh, wish you the best of luck this fall.
0: Thank you. He's
1: just happy to get away from the snow and the rain right now, I think. So he'll enjoy himself down there.
0: Well, I'm sure. Well, he, he's timing it well. We had winter uh, last weekend, so we're back up to normal Florida temps
1: now. So <laughs> Yeah, we've got winter for the next two months, I think. <laughs> yep.
0: All right, Coach. Take care.
1: Thank you so much. Appreciate it.